0: church family good morning morning. morning. (laughs) and you know what's coming it feels like we haven't worshiped together in a year (laughs) so happy new year welcome to 2023 uh, 2022 is more of a, a, a dumpster fire for me. So I'm looking forward to this coming year. And and just want to recap, you know, at the end of last year, our Christmas services, there was an incredible time of community and, and unity and celebration as a church family, uh, the first coming of our Lord. And, and it was a time to remember and for us to go into this new year with the remembrance and and the dedication, the intentionality to nurture the, our growth in faith, to invest in our church family, and to engage our communities for the mission of Christ as we look forward to His return, and and as we begin twenty twenty three, I hope all of us are looking forward to the plans that God has for us uh, here at Fresno First Church. You know, it, Scripture says that that man makes his pa- uh, plans and God directs his path and. And so as we as we move forward we'll have plans but we're looking to the leading of the spirit within all of us together because the holy spirit will speak to all of us and, and show us the right path. And I have no doubt it's going to be wonderful and if you're if you're new here welcome and for our faithful attenders we're excited to come together again in this new year to worship. And Let us all do with fresh eyes and fresh ears and a renewed heart as we begin this new year and this new season. And with that, let's, amen, brother. Uh, Let's go to the Lord as God's people of? Awesome. Lord, you alone are worthy of all praise, for you are the creator of all that is seen and all that is not seen. You are the creator of all that was, that all that is, and all that will ever be. And you are the foundation of our very being. You alone tend to our needs and showering all of creation with your grace so that all may come to know you and have eternal life by faith in your Son, our Savior. Lord, thank you for making us on purpose. And thank you for making us for purpose. We lift up those that are struggling in our midst, with illness and challenges, and please be with them and reveal to them your sustaining and healing grace. We give you this this coming year, and, and may our lives, may your church here be a fragrant offering that's pleasing to you. Lead us to glorify you, to share you, and to grow closer to you and to one another. And Lord, please continue to be with our leaders globally, nationally, and locally, and we thank you for the ability to come together and worship. It's a gift that sometimes we take for granted. Let it not be so in this new season, in this new time, in this new year. May your love overthrow, overflow through us and into our communities. We praise you and thank you and ask these petitions and prayers in the name of Christ, our Lord and Savior. And all of God's people said, Amen. Amen.
1: push the wrong button there we go and it's still christmas matter of fact pastor and i were talking about it historically you don't start singing christmas songs till last sunday we do advent songs all before that and now we're celebrating the 12 days of christmas so we got to do at least one more carol Amen. so we're going to sing hark the herald angels sing oh hark and herald It's, it's Hark and Harold. Hey, I like that because, you know, that's when I found out what God's first name was when he walked in the garden and he walked with me and he talked with me, Andy, you didn't know that? That, Oh, okay. Hark the Herald Angels Sing. We're going to do the first and last verse and it may be the last song we do. I don't know. <laughs> We're going to give it a shot here. Katie. <laughs> Messiah has come. Isn't it amazing when you just begin to think about that? God sent his only son to to become flesh like we are (laughs) and to save us from our sins. There's another song we'd like to sing and it just says, he's coming in the clouds, kings and kingdoms will bow down. The Lord is returning (laughs) and Jesus is coming again the Lion and the Lamb.
2: Stop the- li- Stop the Lord. Of-
0: Before we go into our missions moment, that song, it just, it really speaks to my soul. He's roaring with battle and fighting. He's roaring with power and fighting our battles. I don't know what kind of battles you have in your life, but God has power. And when we surrender to him, he will fight for us. We don't need to fight. We surrender to him and draw upon his power and he's the one that breaks those chains that hold us captive, captive in the past when we, when we just think about all the things that have happened to us and, and captive to the future of those unknowns that whirl around in our head and keep us from being in his presence. And so this morning, as we move on, just, just remember, you don't have to fight anymore. Jesus will do it. And he is the one that breaks those change, chains that keep us imprisoned in the cells of our head. And so our missions moment this morning, it comes from my heart, and today we're going to pray for our children and for their schools and, and whatever school's near you, or, or whatever even the kids that are homeschooled, which is really near to you. Uh, Our children need prayer, and and the focus this morning is going to be that their minds would grow, that their hearts would be protected, their bodies would be strong, and, and their souls would develop characteristics that point to Jesus, and their spirits would be renewed. So let's go to the Lord in prayer. Lord, we love you, and today we ask your care and protection upon our children as they return to school. We invite your grace, wisdom, and presence to be known in the classrooms. Guide their teachers, the administration, and all those that impact the lives of our children. We trust you, God. And we pray that our children's minds would grow in wisdom, their hearts be protected from the bullies, harm, rejection, and low self-worth, and all those things that cause pain and injury within them. Please have their bodies be strong and grow and find balance in nutrition and health and watch over their souls to develop characteristics that point to you in all areas of their personality and emotional development. And lastly, we petition you, Holy Spirit, to renew our children's spirit to grow in faith and peace. And in Jesus' name we pray, amen. And I encourage us all week, to pray this prayer for our children. Because they don't go to school tomorrow. That's a week from tomorrow. That gives us a week to cover our kids in prayer before the Lord.
1: Why don't we stand together again. And uh, there's a wonderful song that we've been singing just says, Bless the Lord, O my soul, worship his holy name. That's why we're here.
2: Amen.
1: <laughs> That's why God created us, was to praise him and to bless him. And we get so caught up in life, I do. And sometimes it's a struggle. I was thinking about this, that this week, as going through the times that sometimes just worshiping, I have to pull my mind back and and remind myself of what it's about. It's about blessing him and praising him. And our whole lives should be about blessing Jesus when we drive, when we interact with our families, when we interact with the people around us. We see so many people that are just rude and crazy these days. It's not about all that. It's not about me. It's about him. Let's join together. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me. Bless his holy name. I'd like us to sing It's the old hymn The Solid Rock My hope is built on nothing less Than Jesus' blood and righteousness Every time I Sing this song now I I think of a time that uh, The nation Was in a real difficult place After 9-11 And a few of the churches Gathered over here At the Mennonite Brethren Church And had a Sunday evening service and uh, nothing but turmoil around and as we gathered the one song that we sang that really seemed to pull it all together and remind us as Christians where we need to be is the solid rock. My hope is built on nothing less than Jesus, his blood and his righteousness. That's what's going to get us through. Let's join together. It's hymn number 436. Six? Oh, you guys are good. If you want to use a hymnal, now you know the page. The solid rock.
3: offering. Dear Lord, thank you so much for the opportunity for us to give back to you. Thank you be with us. Be with me and in my heart so that I know what, what offerings and what tithes and offerings that, that you want me to give. Just be with us all bless our lives and bless give the um, church board and the church the wisdom to to use the monies as you would want us to in Jesus name I pray amen amen,
0: amen. and it's time for us to pass the peace so go find someone and say happy new year welcome to 2023
3: Good morning everybody. Good morning. I'm just really excited to be here. (laughs) I'm glad to be be back. Um, So I've got just a couple quick announcements and I'm going to give it back to Pastor. Um, New sermon series going to be starting. Really excited for that. Uh, Faith in action. We're going to be in the book of James. So that is going to be just a a great time and kind of coming through our walk in confidence with God and uh, putting the faith in action. That's It's perfect so i'm looking forward to that um also if you fill out your connection cards if you're not getting the emails from the church um write your emails down on the connection card and turn it in and we can make sure you're up to date from just that perspective and then if there's any changes or any other items you want to add in the connection card we can get that updated so that's all i have um i'd love to pray and give it back to pastor heavenly father we thank you, Lord, that you have given us a new year. Um, it's just great to be, to start the new year, the first day of the new year in your house, to praise you. Um, as Pastor Jason kind of opened, worthy of praise, God, you are were, you were the most worthy, the only worthy of praise. And I just thank you that we got to worship with your people and your house. And I just pray for our pastor as he prepared a word from you, Lord, that you would just give him peace and grace to preach that word to us and you would just give us hearts that are tender to your your word and we love you in jesus name amen amen and you know
0: yes sir Praise be to God. And I've been praying for you nonstop, man. I'm so stoked. And I I expect a text message or a phone call. Let me know how your day goes. Awesome. Cool. Uh, You know, this is the new year. So this is actually New Year's Day, right? And when we think about it, and I read a devotional this morning that, that talked about that when we live each day for God, every day is a New Year day. Because every day is a new beginning. And so, maybe we can hold in 2023 this hope and excitement of today, each and every day. And when we don't, let's reach out to each other and say, can you remind me about this whole new beginning thing? Because God is in, he's in the business of new beginnings, and in the business of better endings. And if you have your Bibles and apps, we're going to be finishing our sermon series of Walking in Confidence as we unpack 1 John 5, 1 through 5, and verse 13 this morning and peer into what it means to walk in our faith. I, I feel that it's always important to finish well. And I contemplated okay, you know, let's just start a new sermon series because it's New Year's Day, but each day is New Year's Day if we think about it with the Lord. So we're just going to finish well because we want to enter into 2023 with a knowing confidence of who we are, who God is, and who we are in God, and that each step is embraced by a growing in our faith as we walk as Jesus walks, and do so with, with this confidence of our eternal salvation. You know, when we walk in our faith, it's one of those things we put our shoulders back, we hold our heads up because we know in who and what we are. We know who we are because we know who our God is. You know, many of you know, and I've probably mentioned it more often than not. I used to be a professional firefighter in Southern California for over two decades, and I went through the fire academy. and A battalion chief comes in, and he he storms in. It was very dramatic especially when you're a young recruit and there's a battalion chief and he and he says attitude 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 it's in those three words that we witness loyalty faithfulness and obedience and he walks out bum bum boom. and then over time i found his wisdom to be true and for those that didn't heed the battalion chief's advice they washed out and they didn't make it through the academy and for those that took that message to heart we became the next generation of firefighters and much like the wisdom of the, of the battalion chief so john here shares wisdom that he writes especially when it comes to love and to faith and obedience and it's in our attitudes well better said it's our in our dispositions and our dispositions Include our personalities, it includes our inclinations, and it includes those tendencies and habits that we have, and these reflect our our attitudes, or dispositions, and our dispositions reflect how we reveal our faith, which is shown in that our faith is not by works, it's not in religious legalism, it's not by intolerance of those that we don't agree with, rather our faith is shown by embracing love and action surrendering to God and following the leading of the Holy Spirit within us so that we can obey the commands of God because all of us are the now generation of the church. So if you have if you are able to please stand for the reading of God's word. First John 5 1 through 5 and verse 13. Everyone who believes that Jesus is the Christ has been born of God. And everyone who loves the parent loves the child. By this we know that we love the children of God when we love God and obey his commandments. For the love of God is this, that we obey his commandments and his commandments are not burdensome. For whatever is born of God conquers the world. And this is the victory that conquers the world, our faith. Who is it that conquers the world but the one who believes that Jesus is the Son of God? In verse 13, I write these things to you who believe in the name of the Son of God that you may know you have eternal life. This has been the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. You may be seated. So we've been journeying through the, the letter of 1 John over the last month with a specific person purpose, and that is in verse 13, I write these things to you who believe in the name of the Son of God so that you may know that you have eternal life, which I hope ultimately hits home for all of us to have that knowing, that assurance, that confidence that we have eternal life, to believe and know Christ and and eternal life. In fact, John in his gospel, in the gospel of John 17.3, Is the only place in Scripture that explicitly defines eternal life. And it states, and this is eternal life, that they may know you, the only true God, and Jesus Christ, whom you have sent. And so when we unite the Gospel of John 17, 3 with 1 John 5, 13, we can safely state that John is writing these things to those that believe in the name of the Son of God so that we may know the only true God and Jesus Christ whom he has sent. For this is eternal life. And for those that know the only true God and Jesus Christ that has been sent, this life begins now. And during our series, we have sought ways that we can have this assurance of faith to walk in our and walk in confidence of our salvation we talked about walking in the light of God, walking as his children, walking in the spirit of God, walking in the love of God, and this morning we're unpacking what it means to walk in faith. And John does this by sharing a firsthand eyewitness account that Jesus is God in flesh, that Jesus is the Christ, the Messiah, the, the prophesied one, the one that came and dwelled and lived among us. And, Suffered and died and rose again in the flesh, and John stresses time and again that we are not to dilute or alter the truth of Jesus. Jesus is the incarnation, the image of the invisible God, the second person of the one triune God, who is a hundred percent human and a hundred percent divine. He wasn't split; he was completely one hundred percent whole. And over the series, we've become familiar with, with some themes and subjects. For example, how truth, love, faith, behavior, and obedience, they, they interlock and, they, and they, they overlap in the lives of the Christ follower. We could actually say that the Christian walk of faith is an outward expression of an eternal, eternal attitude or disposition. Everything we do is to live into our faith that knows and reveals the Son of God, which gives us confidence that we have eternal life. And this morning, we continue to navigate these themes of love and faith and obedience to God's commandments as His children, because that is what we are. And it's also noteworthy to set some context for us. See, verse 4 of our text this morning, John introduces a new term, faith. And I know you're thinking, no, he didn't, Jason. <laughs> He's already talked about faith. But this one's different because he writes, for whatever is born of God conquers the world. And this is the victory that conquers the world, our faith. See, in the Greek, the word faith right here is called pistis. And it's the only place in John's letter that faith is found in its noun form. The verb form, pistuo is used several times, it's usually translated, sometimes as faith, but usually believe or belief. Yet here the emphasis that John is giving us is on the object of our faith, not a subjective experience of believing. Does that make sense? John is sharing and putting the emphasis on the object of our faith, not the experience of believing. And for clarity, John is sharing in whom our faith rests not in how our faith is expressed. And according to John, we cannot express faith in Christ unless our faith is founded on Christ alone and nothing less. We sang about that this morning. And our faith, this pistis, is foundational in the one person who is Jesus Christ as the cornerstone from which all life is found and which our lives as Christ followers and life of the church is built upon See, remember, so that we may know the only true God in Jesus Christ, whom he has sent. Therefore, if it doesn't come from Christ, it's not founded on the truth of who Christ is, maybe we need to question whether it's needed in our lives. Today, tomorrow, this coming year, it's something to think about. And this is why John insists that we are to walk as Jesus walks. He breaks it down in the simplest of ways. That we're to live sacrificially as Jesus lives and to love one another and to even love those that don't embrace our faith or embrace us. And engage every single person with humility because this is what Jesus does. And this kind of life is actually impossible. We can't do it without purposeful and intentional practice to grow in our faith, which is to say that we grow in peace to grow in Christ personally and as his church body. And on a side note, okay, the, it's easier to, to say this than to live it out. Okay? This is, we need to go ahead, and none of us are perfect. And we're, the goal is to practice our faith. And we do so with a mindset of, progress over perfection. We need to remember that, that this, this Christian journey of faith is, is a journey of grace that we walk together as God's people and recognize and point out Christ's walking and presence with us. And when I say perfection, I'm not talking about entire sanctification. I'm speaking into the reality of life that we all live day-to-day, moment-to-moment, that God is constantly renewing us each day more and more into his image by his spirit. 2 Corinthians 3.18. And if we turn, and he will do this if, if we turn our will and lives over to his care and protection each day when we wake up. You see, the the reason is because the world often that we live in seems to be seeing truth as subjective and evolving, that, that truth is what we make of it. And I think we've all heard that term, and even over the past years, these phrases have jumped in and become part of our culture, part of, a, you know, jokes, part of the conversations we have, alternative facts, fake news, right? And the thing is, when we hear alternative facts and fake news, it begins to disciple us. It actually disciples us not to trust, to not believe, which unknowingly causes us injury in our faith because it creates in our hearts a wall of suspicion that when we hear there is only one eternal truth, especially when it comes to our belief. You see, remember, John is writing, one of the purposes of writing this is that the original readers were facing similar circumstances. The the early Gnostics were stating that Jesus is God in flesh was fake news and they leaned into alternative facts that justified a false belief in which all material things were evil and only the Spirit is good. And John is reorienting and renewing the hearts of the believers to not base their faith on experiences that can shift like the sand. That such faith uh, that, that false teachers and and those that are just spreading these these lies about who Jesus is. And John encourages us to anchor our faith in the person of Christ as the foundation of our faith. And the text this morning concentrates on our attitude, our, our dispositions, our personalities, inclinations, and tendencies of the of the Christian that we are to reveal as God's children. Not some passive belief, but in the noun form of faith based upon the person who is the Son of God, a belief that He is still alive because it is in the faith of the One that is risen, a belief into this foundational faith and into this Messiah, this Christ, God in flesh. And our faith is to be intertwined into our active belief. And walking in faith means believing in Jesus as the Christ. And and John writes to to comfort and encourage that faith christ the noun form of faith overcomes fears and allows us as believers the freedom to fully embrace love by walking in faith which is to be walking in christ and for us today we got to ask ourselves is this possible it's one thing to read scripture it's one thing to to receive scripture But is it really possible to actually live it out? To walk in faith? To walk in and with Christ? In our modern day, our pluralistic society that changes the truth, it almost seems like every day. I don't know how Webster's Dictionary keeps up. See, according to Scripture, yes, we can. And verse tells us, those who believe, which is in the present tense, have been born of God, this perfect past tense. So John is is using the past tense to indicate something that happens that affects the present and continues as this ongoing reality of us as Jesus' followers. And another way to state this is, once we have come to faith in the person of Christ, our future trajectory is changed eternally forever. And the thing is, there's even more than that. He's also stating that when when a person believes that Jesus is the Christ, he or she is born again, which means God is the one that takes the initiative in this new birth, this work of salvation. And from God, we are made new. You know, this is a new day. And every day God is renewing us. Which displays his love through us to a world because our actions are changed. We turn from rebellion of God to obedience to God, to obeying his commandments because we confess that Jesus is the Son of God. And verse 2 is clear that by this we know, or by this, by this know that we love the children of God when we love God and obey his commandments. We love the children of God when we love God and obey his commandments. So we love the children of God when we love God and we obey his commandments. And obeying is an action word. This is something that is ongoing every day and every moment. And when we begin to unpack this, it's clear that our love for the children of God, the body of Christ universal, our sisters and our brothers, is directly related to the love we have for God and by expressing his love and following through he asks us to do something, we follow through. I have a horrible habit. And so I've got a to-do list. I don't know, anybody else have to-do lists? Okay, like a couple of us. Um, And Shelly has to-do lists. And so what I'll do is it'll say, talk to Shelly, blah, blah, blah. You know, I need this, you know, we need to do this. And so I'll say, hey, you know what? Hey, babe, can you go ahead and take care of this? Because I want to mark it off my to-do list, right? And It's a matter of trust. Do I trust that she's actually going to put it on her to-do list or do I leave it on my to-do list for the next day? And the thing is, sometimes we take these commandments of God and instead of just doing them, we just kind of put them to the next day and put them to the next day and we keep putting it off and putting it off, putting it off because we have trouble trusting. We have trouble trusting that that these commandments and these promises are actually going to be true. And we can only express love to others in proportion to our ability to abide in God's love, which if we remember, if we love God, we abide in Him and, him and us, which is the only way that we can obey and love. And we're going to touch more on this in a minute. And, and in that, in the loving of our sisters and our brothers and the body of Christ, um, and I've learned and, and seen over the years, that we often treat those closest to us with the most judgmentalness. Shelly, are you sure that you got that on your to-do list? And in a sense, I'm judging her because I don't trust her. And so I've learned to say, have you? She says yes, and I check it off, and I don't bring it up again. 50% of the time. <laughs> Progress, not perfection. I'm working on it. I'm actively working on it. Uh, but when this judgmentalness of those that we're closest to, it, it especially comes when to our church body, and, and sometimes the bride of Christ becomes this whipping post when we, when we get fixated on this, this, the external problems of our lives and we don't see the underlying issues. See, no one likes to admit that they're wrong, and, and sometimes we justify our, our frustration by casting a general net over a large group as a source of our issues, See, I'm not saying the church is perfect. It's been a source of violence and abuse at different points of history. To not say that would be a lie. But we need to watch out on making the entire church and all believers a whipping post. Because when we do generalize our judgmentalness, we have difficulty in loving God and obeying his commands. Have you ever found yourself saying, they don't understand, they don't care, or if they only really knew what was going on in my life when speaking about those and with whom we worship. See, it's followed by and builds into and matures into, they're just a bunch of hypocrites. They're not even Christian. They don't worship right. Look how they live, how they talk, how they dress. Or they don't even know Scripture, and, and they certainly don't live it out. And before long, our sisters and brothers are those people. They're not part of us. In a way, we cast them away, but when we do that, we're casting ourselves away and moving to the outskirts. And these are spiritual warning signs and symptoms to a wavering belief that Jesus is the Son of God and the Messiah. And our lack of love for others reflects our lack of love for God and our lack of faith in who Jesus is. And when we show signs and symptoms of a lack of love for our church family, our brothers and sisters in Christ, the root cause is an obstacle that's hindering our love for God because we don't realize that our resentment and our lack of acceptance of others is harming us. And we begin to build sanctuaries of of worship to false gods like the Gnostics were doing when John wrote this letter. And we move from the love of God to the love and worship of not God and the love of worship of self when we begin to take out our frustrations in an of loving manner of those in the church. You know, the, the world will know we belong to God and whom we place our faith when we are all walking together in faith, in peaceness, in Jesus as the Christ. And it doesn't have to be in harmony as Christian clones or if you're a Star Trekker, um, like the Borg, where everybody's exactly the same. It's unity, Is found in togetherness, and it's unbreakable because when we're unified, we are built upon an unchangeable truth in the person of Christ. And when we do, we no longer live, but Christ lives within us collectively so that we can show the same love for God and His children because we live by faith in the Son of God who loves us and dies for us. See, remember, we are God's children, and we are to reveal God's family dispositions And walking in faith overcomes the unholy patterns of the world that that deform us. And John writes to remind and encourage the, the believers of the early church to hold on to this faith and to never let it go. It's a matter of life and death. And that regardless of the circumstances, God's love and his commandments overcome life's burdens through faith as a foundational assurance of our eternal life. Verses 3 and five through 5 state, for the love of God is this, that we obey his commandments. And his commandments are not burdensome. And when whatever is born of God conquers the world. And this is the victory that conquers the world, our faith, which we just covered. Who is it that conquers the world but the one who believes that Jesus is the Son of God? See, all of Scripture has these ongoing narratives of reconciliation, restoration, renewal, holiness, and love which are interwoven and and knitted through the story of Scripture. An example of this is, is the Shema, which means listen. The Shema refers to a couple of lines from Deuteronomy 6, 4 through 6, and became a daily prayer to the ancient Israelites and a daily practice to reinforce their belief in God. And the Shema gets its name, from the first Hebrew word of the prayer, which is in English, listen. And the entire Shema is this. Listen, O Israel, the Lord is our God, the Lord alone. You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your might. Keep these words that I am commanding you today in your heart. And verse 6 is key. Keep these words that I am commanding you today in your heart. Because when we think about it, today is today. And at midnight, tonight, it'll be today is today. And that means that we are to apply this every single day. And this is a commandment from God. And we see this theme again um, when, from Jesus in the Gospel of Matthew that affirms this commandment that we are keep into our hearts daily. You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind. This is the first and greatest commandment. And the second is this, you shall love your neighbor as yourself. On these two commandments hang all the law and the prophets. And and all the law and prophets, it means the entirety of the Old Testament, which Jesus fulfills and then commands and expects all of us as his people to live out as our faith. And we are to keep it into our hearts daily. And too often in a world that encourages us to suck it up, and make a name for ourselves we we unknowingly fall into a mindset that we need to earn god's love, that if we're not being perfect, one hundred percent one hundred percent in time we're we're in jeopardy of losing our salvation, and we got to remember that we're not saved by works of righteousness, rather by faith in God's righteousness, by faith in a person, the one that overcomes the unholy patterns of the world and And this is because of God's love. And and because of that, there's no fear in judgment or punishment when we are actively, when we are actively seeking God and putting our faith into the person, the peaceness of Christ. And when this happens, the the spirit of the living God helps us to love God. And you know what else? And this is really cool. Love others as you love yourself. And the Holy Spirit will help us to love God gooder. And you know what? The Holy Spirit will also help us to love ourselves gooder, which is sometimes hard. And the Holy Spirit will help us to love others gooder. And in that, we begin to obey God's commandments. See, in verse 3, For the love of God is this, that we obey His commandments. His commandments are not burdensome. They're not burdensome because the Lord has our best interest at heart to bring forth the fullness of life that we can reveal the fullness of life of Him in Him to other people. And in the Greek, the word burdensome is translated as heavy, severe, overbearing, weighty. And that imagery is someone that has labored so hard and struggled for so long under brutal circumstances, that they no longer can stand upright because they're bent over because of the weight that they have been carrying for so long has deformed their posture. And God's commandments to love Him and ourselves and others is not burdensome and they don't deform us. In fact, quite the opposite. God's commandments reform us more into his image and likeness. And the more we live into God's commandments, the more we can stand up straight, the more we can see others and look them in the eye. And we also, the more we see ourselves as one of his image bearers. When we look in the mirror, it's not a stranger. And the more we walk in confidence of our faith, because God's commands are simple love God and love others as yourself. See, think of this. When, when we're not following God's commandments and we're convicted of the Holy Spirit to repent and turn around and stop a specific action, have you ever lived an ongoing conviction? See, don't raise your hand. I have. Um, when, it, when we do, it makes us that we don't want to look people in the eye. We begin to isolate. We begin to pull back. We feel guilty. We feel shame. And over time, we begin to look at the tips of our shoes and our toes more than we even look forward. And rather than walking in confidence of our faith that speaks truth and life into others, we just begin to wander, to just get through the day and hope that nobody finds out. You see, in essence, sin burdens us. Sin bends us. Do you realize that sin is a weight that we were never created to carry? Think about that. God didn't create us to carry the weight of sin, to carry that burden. Sin distorts us. It shames us. It makes us prisoners. and, And it burdens us, but when we repent and we turn back to God, we become free and the load is lifted. And we can stand up straight. We can look people in the eye. And we no longer need to be looking over our shoulder to see if anybody saw what we were doing. And we, this is possible only because of God's righteousness and His grace. And, and you know what? I'm going to share just a very raw, real-life truth that when we when we turn back to God it's easier to pray and it's easier to hear God more clearly because we're no longer worried about ourselves because we're seeking God and it's in Christ that we find humility that breaks these bonds of burdens so that we can overcome the world by faith and our bents our bent backs that are caused by these heavy burdens of the world are removed and we're free to love and And we just drop the rock, drop the rock of our burdens, and don't have to carry that anymore. And God's loves and commandments overcome life's burdens through faith. And and that pistis, this is what John is writing about when he says, and this is overcoming the world, our faith, this foundational faith in Christ as the Messiah, the Savior of the world. Because of our faith, pistis is in a person. And not just in an experience. It's in the person who overcomes sin and death of the world through him. And in him we share in overcoming. Do you realize when we put our faith in Christ, we share into the overcoming, the unholy patterns of the world. And it's not that we fight, fight the world or, or we just begin to assert what we know is right. We just surrender to Jesus. And let him overcome the world and overcome our world inside. And let that be shown in all of our actions. See, when the world hates, we love. When the world consumes, we sacrifice. When the world oppresses, we use our voices to share hope and defend those that cannot do it for themselves. And when the world changes truth to fit its needs, we stand firm upon the one in which truth is actually defined. That's why when we buy to him and him and us, there is no fear of punishment because we're walking as he walks. We live by his truth and we sacrificially love with this otherworldly, holy, perfect, perfecting love. And it's not a burden because he does this through a spirit that is within us. So you remember the attitude, um, the story of the attitude, that attitude is a disposition with an outward expression. And when our disposition is toward Christ, we outwardly express His love. You see, belief produces love for God. Love for God produces love for all of God's people. Love causes us to obey God's commandments, and then we are enabled to obey God's commandments through our faith in Jesus. Love, faith, and obedience are interwoven into the disposition of the life of the believer and as we exercise this faith we find that it works before we're even halfway there as we worship a god who keeps his promises and fulfills his word that we trust that he knows what's best for us we know what he's doing and we stop our worrying and fretting and leave the results to him And that's easier said than done. I get it. And when we're living this way, the world can't trap us. It can't deceive us. And this sort of faith is is the only way to overcome the world. And everything depends upon our union with Christ. And when I'm in union with Christ, and you're in union with Christ, and you're in union with Christ, and you're in union with Christ, we're in union together through the spirit of Christ. And this sort of faith is the only way to overcome the world. And everything depends upon our union with him by faith through the divine resources that are made available by his love. But we can't share overcoming God if we don't believe in his son. For Jesus is the only source of divine power which is strong enough to overcome sin and death and darkness of this world with peace and life and light. And so, sisters and brothers, the beloved of God, the apostle is writing this letter to you. To you who believe in the name of the Son of God that you may know that you have eternal life. And the life is the foundational faith of God that took on flesh, dwelt among us, suffered with us and for us, loves us, died and rose again, overcoming all things and is coming again. And so our challenge this week is... In your house, if you've got an accountability partner or, you know, some, have a conversation with someone or journal if you like to journal. I I think journaling is important. What does it mean to believe that Jesus is the Christ? According to 1 John 5, 1 through 2, how can we be sure we are born again? And three, how does love, faith, and obedience link together in the life of the believer? And before we go, would you please stand? and receive the first blessing of the year. May your faith be upon the truth of Jesus as the Christ. May your love of God be shown in your love for each other. May you practice obeying God's Word so that He becomes more alive in you each day. May you go into the world to reveal a disposition toward Christ that is outwardly expressed in love. And may you show the world that life eternal is a reality that begins in the present. May you go in peace, reflecting Jesus and restoring hope, as we connect, grow, and serve. You are sent in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen.